You're listening to another episode of the Choose to Think podcast. I'm Victoria Walker, a 21st century Christian woman trying to do life God's way. Come with me to put the feet on your faith. Today, we're going to choose to think. Today's podcast is going to dig pretty deeply into the topic of rejection. Rejection in terms of our spiritual health is toxic, even deadly. If we don't reckon with this deep root of rejection, we are likely to live in a fearful state of distrust and angst, which only leads to bitterness. Do you know anyone whom you would describe as bitter? Well, there you have it. This individual no doubt felt the sting of rejection at some point in their life, and the wound has yet to heal. Rejection infuses the living water of our souls with a kind of poisonous venom that flows through our spiritual veins, corrupting our joy and peace. Now, we've all been there in some way or another. Our wounds may have occurred in our childhoods, you know, the last one picked in gym class, or the one without a partner during games, maybe the target of bullying or a cruel joke or physical or even sexual abuse, or perhaps as an older adult with divorce, job loss, feeling marginalized or even objectified. Perhaps we've been shunned by a friend, isolated from loved ones, abandoned, ridiculed, or deeply insulted. What exactly do we do with these feelings of dismissal and rejection? Psalm 27 gives us a glimpse into how to handle such rejection, and it clearly tells us what we should choose to think about. And today, there's really only one practical application item to help us deal with even the threat of enemy assault, attack, or fear of rejection. We must choose to think. Feelings of rejection were subtly taking root in my heart as a child and adolescent. My family moved around a lot, which certainly had plenty of pros and advantages, but I commonly felt a bit on the outskirts, indeed I was, with my peers with every move. In ways, moving put me on the defensive and taught me to work hard at pleasing people to somehow prove my worth and value and to get them to like me. Sports and good grades became my mainstay for acceptance and success. And then it happened. I was a volleyball JV hotshot in Tennessee, but with the move to Indiana where the players loomed in height over my head and they actually lifted weights, I was cut from tryouts fairly quickly despite having spent hours setting and bumping a volleyball against the brick wall of the exterior of our new house for two months prior to those tryouts. And the first clue that my wound was out of proportion was evidenced through my feelings. I was devastated and I became depressed. The lies started filtering through my head about my worthlessness and how I just didn't have what it took to succeed and make the team. Okay, let's talk about puppy love. My first love was an exchange student from Europe. After his year in the States, we pledged undying love for one another. We were determined to stay in touch despite the miles. I just knew we would be that picture storybook, the Hollywood movie of the endless love variety. Now, 
You have to remember that in those days, there was no Skype, no FaceTime. We had to rely on internationally posted handwritten letters. Needless to say, just guess how many letters I actually received from my love. A whopping two. Yet each day, after checking the mailbox to find nothing from him there, it was as if a tiny dagger was stabbed into my adolescent heart day after day after day. Again, I felt worthless, rejected, and not good enough, not worth the miles or the effort. The root of rejection flourished, growing deeper and deeper into my heart. I'm sad to say that I found comfort through food, and I've had my share of food issues to boot. Fast forward to college. Yep, another heartbreak. I won't even go into that one. Just suffice it to say that with each relational breakup, the enemy of my soul and my own mind concluded that I was messed up, something was wrong with me, and I was unlovable. You see where there is a wound, interstage left the enemy of your soul to whisper lies to you. These lies create an emotional atmosphere for you to protect yourself in the future by using vows such as, I will never love again. I will never trust again. I will not try my hardest because look where I landed as a failure. That's where. These types of vows lead only to emotional and spiritual strongholds designed to actually defend or uphold the wounds, the lies, and the vows themselves. Do you get the picture? Because these strongholds do not belong in our hearts and minds, and because they are toxic and deadly to our well-being, we naturally seek relief. Hearts that perpetually feel unloved and rejected will find something to fill the void. Now, enter left stage right behind the enemy, addiction. Ever been there? On a quest to numb the pain and the sting of rejection? Are you looking for anything to divert your attention to escape and release those endorphins? Maybe you shop till you drop. Maybe you donuts like there's no tomorrow. Maybe you view pornography or enter into illicit sexual affairs. The list could go on. The heart is a lonely hunter and it will paw the ground until the bleeding stops. Problem is, we may be able to stop the bleeding, but the infection continues to fester below the surface, and the roots are energized and stimulated as if the miracle grow for bitterness were dousing your soul. You're thinking, whoa, Victoria, you just experienced a bit of relational heartache that's kind of normal as we age. Okay, well, it does get a bit more sticky in my life. Suffice it to say that my thoughts, distorted and misappropriated as they were, controlled my feelings and emotions and subsequently my actions. You know, I thought that extreme mood swings were just a normal part of life. I battled on and off with depression and I thought it was just, quote, normal. But now things were happening a bit more hardcore in my life. Death of a baby, a divorce, a job loss, unanswered prayer, disgruntledness toward God, car accident. Listen, let me pitch an idea to you. After each trial or whenever we feel the sting of rejection, enemy attack, the brunt of false accusations, etc., basically we have only two choices for defense. We either choose to operate from a heart filled with fear or we choose to operate from a heart full of God's love. 
If we operate in fear, we till the ground for the seed of rejection to grow into a root of bitterness that burrows deeper and deeper into our spiritual hearts. We fortify ourselves with one lie after another, building a strong fortress in our heart. We say things like, I'm a failure, I'm less than, I'm all alone, nobody likes me or desires me, I don't have what it takes, hey, I deserve better than this, this isn't fair, it's not right, after all I've done, I've tried my best and look where it's gotten me. And now you're thinking, well, I'm not bitter, I don't have wounds, oh really? Do you want to know how you can tell if you have a bitter root in your heart? It's fairly easy. Stop for one moment and ask yourself, whom am I mad at? At what am I mad about? Does just the thought of someone or some event cause your mood to change in any way? Does it cause your blood pressure to go up just a bit? Or check your thought life. Have you made any vows? Ever say something like, well, I'm not talking to her anymore. I'll never go to their house again. Or they hurt me so much despite all my efforts to build relationships. I am done trying. Yep, that was me, all right. I had built a stronghold in my life, a defense of fear and bitterness to withstand what I considered a harsh actually too harsh, reality. Fortunately, I gave my life to Christ shortly after Y2K. Do you remember that year? We were all wondering if the world might just shut down, if all the computers could actually handle the millennial switchover. You know, I love that it was near that time that I gave my life to Christ because symbolically the hard drive of my spiritual life was rewired, reconfigured, and I was rebooted. How's that for a 21st century description of surrender and salvation? Yet, just because I met my Savior, and I hope this isn't too much Christianese to be a turnoff to you, but just because I was born into the kingdom of heaven didn't mean that the old Victoria didn't have to be contended with. And this has ushered in almost two decades of God awareness and healing. I think you will see that my heart has been wounded a time or two, and I am still in the process of healing, which is one reason I am so passionate about this whole choose-to-think notion. Fortunately, I have a new defense, a new stronghold, a new fortress for protection, a new refuge. I've learned, indeed I am learning, to operate in God's love, not in fear. I run to God for comfort. In those times, I feel unworthy or rejected. Yet, unfortunately, I have found myself a time or two booting up from the old Victoria hard drive instead of the new one. You will see that only one thing is required of you and of me when we are attacked or facing war. Sometimes the horizon looks bleak. We peek out and only see evildoers, adversaries, enemies, a group of people, foes, and false witnesses all against us. But only one thing is required. We must choose to think. You see, our thoughts influence our emotions and feelings, and our emotions and feelings direct our actions. It all starts with our thoughts. We must choose to think properly in order to overcome rejection and bitterness.
The context of Psalm 27 penned by David is tricky to pinpoint in time because the words he wrote could easily have been referenced at numerous occasions during his life. This psalm is the whole package. It's a cry of a soul in distress, the security found in trusting God, the necessity of praying to God and obediently seeking Him. God will never leave you or forsake you. Humans may fail you. Even your own family, those to whom you have been most vulnerable, even, quote, naked before, your best friend. Institutions may dismiss you. Someone may have hurled false accusations against you and promulgated lies about you. You may be reeling from the sting of false witnesses and slanderers. With these types of wounds, if not treated, the enemy of your soul rushes in to lie and deceive you, causing causing you to build enemy territory strongholds where you're pent up and defeated. But there is a better way. With some work, quite a bit actually, you can get down to business at how best to handle rejection of any type. While I read this psalm aloud, think about those times you felt attacked and rejected. Ask yourself, do I have a bitter root in my heart? Often in our minds, we view the people who rejected us as our staunch enemy. We forget that our battle is not against flesh and blood or people, and we hold unforgiveness in our hearts. Listen for God's character. Listen for ways that He may bring you comfort. Listen to how He loves you and accepts you just the way you are. Listen for His promise of enduring presence in your life. Psalm 27, a psalm of fearless trust in God, a psalm of David. The Lord is my light and my salvation, whom shall I fear? The Lord is the defense of my life, whom shall I dread? When evildoers came upon me to devour my flesh, my adversaries and my enemies, they stumbled and fell. Though a host encamp against me, my heart will not fear. Though war rise against me, in spite of this, I shall be confident. One thing I have asked from the Lord that I shall seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to behold the beauty of the Lord and to meditate in His temple. For in the day of trouble, He will conceal me in His tabernacle. In the secret place of His tent, He will hide me. He will lift me up on a rock. And now, My head will be lifted up above my enemies around me, and I will offer in his tent sacrifices with shouts of joy. I will sing, yes, I will sing praises to the Lord. Hear, O Lord, when I cry with my voice, and be gracious to me and answer me. When you said, Seek my face, my heart said to you, Your face, O Lord, I shall seek. Do not hide your face from me. Do not turn your servant away in anger. You have been my help. Do not abandon me nor forsake me, O God of my salvation. For my father and my mother have forsaken me, but the Lord will take me up. Teach me your way, O Lord, and lead me in a level path because of my foes. Do not deliver me over to the desire of my adversaries, for false witnesses have risen against me, and such as breathe out violence. I would have despaired unless I had believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. 
wait for the Lord. Be strong and let your heart take courage. Yes, wait for the Lord. The quote of the week comes from an Old Testament scholar, J.E. McFadden. He likened all the Psalms to, quote, the speech of the soul face to face with God, end quote. Go out and discover today what it means to seek the very face of God. Let's pray. Gracious and mighty Father in heaven, thank you for being our defender. Thank you for being our light in this dark and sometimes bitter world, for teaching us and for showing us the way. Thank you for being our stronghold during times of anguish, abandonment, and rejection. Thank you for saving us by the cruel death of your Son, Jesus Christ, your only Son, who is the epitome of your offer, your gift to us of forgiveness and love. He glorified you in his life and in his death. May it also be said of us. Amen. Thank you so much for tuning in. We've just begun to scratch the surface on a myriad of scenarios when we may feel rejected. Spend some time in prayer this week asking God to reveal to you if you've left any bitter roots of rejection and unforgiveness unattended in your heart and mind. Next week, we will explore exactly what we can choose to think about in order to allow health and wholeness back into our hearts and minds. We can eradicate that root of rejection one thought at a time. And listen, I am so grateful for you. Check out the show notes below and please stay connected. Please rate, share, and write a review for me. Your words of encouragement are so valuable to me. I need you. Connect with me on www.startwithagratefulheart.weebly.com. Start with a Grateful Heart on Facebook and Victoria D. Walker on Instagram. Dios primero y que Dios te bendiga. Chao.